latest episode of the Bureau 42 X-Files Retrospective Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are going to talk about Eve, Season 1, Episode 11, original air date, December 10th, 1993. The IMDb score is 8.1. This has a few unique names in the credits. First of all, it's directed by Fred Gerber. This is his only episode of the X-Files, although he has worked as a director in a number of other series over the course of the years, including 90210, Eastwick, Defying Gravity, Reaper, Desperate Housewives, Hack, Total Recall 2070. Prior to the X-Files, he worked on Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Sisters, China Beach, and a number of other series. This is also the only episode by Chris Brancanto and Kenneth Biller as writers. Again, both have worked in other series. Biller worked a lot on Smallville and Star Trek Voyager, as well as the original Beverly Hills 90210. Chris Brancanto has worked on First Wave, again, the original Beverly Hills 90210. He was on the relaunched Outer Limits series, Flashpoint. So they all have some credits, although according to some trivia and things you can look up. It sounds like this episode was actually rewritten with uh, uncredited rewrite to Miller and Wong, who, as we know, are some of the most productive writers on the series. There's some elements to this episode that are common to a lot of X-Files episodes, and there's, again, some set it apart. One of the first scenes early on, again, is the, the teaser, which happens before the opening credits. There's a couple jogging down the street in Connecticut. They see a little girl at the end of her driveway hugging her stuffed rabbit. They go over to check on her. They know her by name, and you know, asking Tina how everything is going. And she says that her dad just needed some time to himself. It's cold out, so they head out to check on her father. He's on the swing with puncture marks in his neck and almost no blood. So the man has been exsanguinated. Here we cut to the opening credits, and then it's Mulder and Scully again in Mulder's office as Mulder does the slideshow. Now he's talking about exsanguinations of cattle, and the digitalis present, and the amount of blood loss that's been associated with it. Meanwhile, Scully's looked over the case file, and she knows this is not a fast process. This is a lot of blood loss, and yet the girl only left her dad alone for ten minutes. So then Mulder goes through a series of cattle exsanguinations through the slideshow that were all associated with alien visitations and UFO sightings. And Scully's not ready to admit to UFOs, but she's willing to admit that there's something here that definitely needs investigating. So they head out to Connecticut and talk to the little girl, and Scully does the normal sort of investigation. Mulder asks her if there's anything unusual, any unusual lights or sounds, and the girl starts talking about red lightning and men from the clouds who wanted to come and exsanguinate her father. And this is one of the nice, subtle moments from David Duchovny. He does react to this little girl using the word exsanguinate, but at the same time, it's low-key enough that you can tell he's acting like someone who's reacting, who doesn't want to reveal that he's reacting. So, I mean, the actress who played this girl was nine years old at the time. So it was, this was actually, or Tina Simmons was actually played by Sabrina Crevance, while Cindy Reardon was played by her twin, Erica Crevance. At this point, Scully gets a call and they leave because there's been another murder of virtually identical in M.O. that took place in San Francisco, California, as opposed to Connecticut. So Mulder and Scully head out there and they find a very similar backyard. The mother and the girl were home when the father died, or at least the girl was. But now they're out of town visiting family. They came back the next day, and when Mulder and Scully go to meet them, they find a new girl who is identical to Tina. And in the course of their investigation, they do learn that Tina was conceived, as was Cindy through in vitro fertilization at a local clinic. So at this point, Mulder and Scully split up. Tina has been abducted in Connecticut while Mulder and Scully were in California waiting for Cindy and her mother to come back. So Scully goes to check out the fertility clinic while Mulder stays behind to keep an eye on Tina. When Scully comes back from the fertility clinic, she comes back with information about Dr. Sally Kendrick. Now, Sally Kendrick was part of a program that Mulder has since learned about from Deep Throat. This 
program was an early program from the United States government to develop a super soldier. So the idea was to make genetic modifications, and there are very few people who are part of this program that are still alive, although Deep Throat is able to point Mulder and Scully in the direction of one of them. She's known as Eve Six, and she's played by Harriet Sansom Harris. Now, Harriet Sansom Harris has gotten a lot of work. She's a very versatile actress. So this is another case of the X-Files having guest stars before they were stars. Before the X-Files, she'd had guest spots on Doctor Doctor, Highway to Heaven, The Golden Years, Law and Order, and not a whole lot that was high profile. Since the X-Files, she has appeared in Murphy Brown, Quiz Show, The Crew, Sisters, Chicago Hope, Space Above and Beyond, Ellen, Romeo and Juliet, Friends Till the End, Millennium, a Murder, She Wrote movie, Caroline in the City, The Practice, Union Square, Ally McBeal, Diagnosis Murder, God the Devil and Bob, Love and Money, Stark Raving Mad, Memento, The Lot, The Beast, The One, Six Feet Under, Brown and Alice, It's All Relative. She was B.B. Glazer on Frasier. She was in Quintuplets. She was in CSI. She's been in The Ghost Whisperer, The Lost Room. She ran 28 episodes as Felicia Tillman on Desperate Housewives. She definitely has a lot of credits to her name. She's got 61 credits on the Internet Movie Database. So now Mulder and Scully are operating under the assumption that these last two Eves that have escaped, one of whom was Dr. Sally Kendrick, who was doing genetic experiments in the fertility clinic, are out there trying to clean up and get rid of all the evidence maybe bring these girls back into the family, so to speak. And while they've staked out Cindy's house after Tina's abduction, they see Cindy get abducted from her bedroom as well. When they burst into the house and around the house to try and get out of it, they do see that it's definitely one of the Eves who has kidnapped Cindy, but you know, she's armed and they know very well she's dangerous. She manages to get away. They call for a police cord and they try to track her down. They do eventually manage to find her thanks to a tip-off of a hotel clerk, in spite of the fact that Eve's vehicle had been left at the airport. So, and they believe this tip-off and follow that. Right on the airport hint, just because the girl had suggested a particular pesticide or a particular compound to use to wipe out some of the gross in the pool. Mulder and Scully start pursuing that line. They track her down at the hotel and burst in to find that Dr. Sally Kendrick is dead on the floor. Now, the girls are giving them the line that there were two of them. One Eve killed the other and then took off in some sort of murder-suicide pact with Foxglove, derived from Digitalis, in the drinks. The viewers know that Dr. Kendrick was pretty much the only Eve who was trying to resist the homicidal tendencies, and she came to get them when she heard about how early they'd become homicidal, which disappointed her because she'd hoped she'd corrected those issues when she cloned them. And it's the girls that killed Dr. Kendrick. So Mulder and Scully take the girls out, and they're giving them protective custody and trying to go through until they can track down the other Eve. The girls ask to stop for a drink and to go to the bathroom, so they pull over at a night stop. When they're there, they dose Mulder and Scully's drinks with Foxglove as well. Now, Mulder does notice some of the residue on the table and tanks the drinks, but these girls are smart. And even Eve 6 wanted to take an IQ test. She was pretty sure she could top 265. She said that was a family trait. Enhanced intelligence and enhanced strength and apparently enhanced psychosis come part and parcel with the genetic tampering that was going on with them. Mulder and Scully tried to track the girls down. This time they're not underestimating them and treating them like little girls. And they are able to recapture them and bring them into custody. There is a question about how effective that custody is. This is another one of those great ambiguous endings. So these two girls, who are now known as Eve 9 and Eve 10, are imprisoned in the cells right next to Eve 6, who says she's glad to have company, and who walks into the 
prison to check them out, but Eve ate, and the girls say that they knew she would come to get them. So this is one of the more compelling episodes early on. The average IMDb score, as I mentioned earlier, was 8.1. Now, 8.1 out of 10 is a pretty strong score on the Internet Movie Database, but if you actually go through the statistics and look at all the numbers in the series, a score of 8.1 means that Eve is actually in a tie. In fact, it's in a 14-way tie to be ranked as episode number 83 out of 201 for the series. So, generally speaking, it's a strong episode, but overall, in the context of the entire series, IMDb voters have put it pretty close to the middle of the pack. So again, it's one of the stronger episodes of season one where the series was still going through its growing pains, but it is a very good sign of things to come. It's also interesting to note that the original draft of the script brought in by Brent Conto and Biller was about genetic experiments on identical twins, and the whole concept of the Eves in this program, the fact that they were clones, was part of the Morgan and Juan rewrite. So again, we have another very strong Monster of the Week episode, which one could argue is not completely a Monster of the Week. There are a couple of threads late here that we're going to pick up on, but not until Season 8. Please remember to join us next time as we discuss Fire, marking the halfway point in Season 1, and also featuring a very strong guest star. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.